0: The why is so important. If you do not understand the why you should be on social media, I would say just stop and have a rethink before you start implementing. And that is because the why is in control of everything that you do on your social media, from the content, what channels, so whether you're on Instagram, TikTok or Facebook. Pretty much the why is about creating patient experience. We can no longer rely on putting the open sign up and expecting traffic to come in to your pharmacies. We are a highly competitive industry, and therefore we need to create patient experience so people learn about your brand, begin to engage with your team, build relationships, which pretty much trickles down to create foot traffic into your store. So social media is all about patient experience. So it needs to be the exact replication of what they would experience if they were to come in store as a patient and engage your services. So that is what you need to do with social media. It's not always posting a funny meme or a funny cat video. It is about how you can showcase your brand and what a patient can experience when working with you when it comes to their health. Hi, I'm Sarah Randell, Head of Marketing and Communications at Peak Strategies, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia, focusing on pharmacy management and ownership. The PDCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals the pbcn podcast supporting your journey every step of the way
1: can having a robust social media presence actually contribute to a better pharmacy patient experience well the answer is yes by engaging and interacting with patients online pharmacies can foster a sense of trust care and of course accessibility after all in today's digital age a thriving social media presence is more than just likes and follows it's an avenue for nurturing a strong patient pharmacy relationship. In this episode, Sarah Rendell from Peak Strategies delves into the whys of why pharmacies should establish a strong social media presence. She shares her expertise on the power of connecting with your audience in the digital realm and why understanding your audience is the cornerstone of social media success. We explore the do's and don'ts of social media for pharmacies and the significance of striking the right balance in your posts. We'll discover how to present your pharmacy as an indispensable resource while also building genuine connections within your community or through social media. Here's Sarah. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. We're very happy to have you with us. But before we deep dive into the world of social media within the pharmacy industry, it'd be great if we could kick off by you telling us a bit about yourself and what your job, your role is at Peak Strategies.
0: Let's start on the personal side. I am a mum to a beautiful 18-month-old boy, Harry, Um, who's causing a bit of chaos at the moment, navigating daycare illness. (laughs) And um, if I pop my professional hat on, I have been part of the Peak Strategies family for close to seven years. I came on board initially as the marketing manager to pretty much create a marketing plan for Peak Strategies as a firm. And as a result, myself and John, the director, we started creating blogs, emails, um, email campaigns and social media strategies. And as a result, pharmacies started to take note. And so some of our clients started coming to me and asking me social media questions. And prior to peak strategies, I actually worked in business to consumer marketing. So I worked in the same kind of realm that pharmacies would have to be working in where they're dealing with customers based on with their marketing. So as a result, two years into my gig at peak, my role evolved and then I started doing some consulting with both the Pharmacy Guild, um, the WA office, and then also with our clients and the pharmacy industry as a whole on not just social media, but just digital marketing from a local perspective
1: they would be coming and asking you questions about social media because for a lot of businesses and including pharmacies, they've probably been told you have to be on social media. But although it's something everyone knows that they're probably supposed to do, it isn't always clear why they should be on social media. What are the goals and the outcomes they're looking for? Pharmacies, they're also a business, but pharmacists, you know, they studied pharmacy and, and probably not the ins and outs of digital marketing while they were at university. So it'd be great if you could help clarify some of the whys a pharmacy should be on social media and have a presence.
0: The why is so important. And I cannot stress to any pharmacists that are listening to this podcast that if you do not understand the why you should be on social media, I would say just stop and have a rethink before you start implementing and that is because the why is is in control of everything that you do on your social media, from the content, what channels, so whether you're on Instagram, TikTok or Facebook. and um, Pretty much the why is about creating patient experience. We can no longer rely on put, um, putting the open sign-up and expecting traffic to come in to your pharmacies. We are a highly competitive um Industry, and therefore, we need to create patient experience so people learn to learn about your brand, begin to engage with your team, build relationships, which pretty much trickles down to create foot traffic into your store. So social media is all about patient experience. So it needs to be the exact exact replication of what they would experience if they were to come in store as a patient and engage your services. So that is what you need to do with social media. It's not always posting a funny meme or a funny cat video. It is about how you can showcase your brand and what a patient can experience when working with you when it comes to their health.
1: Great points that you make there because when a business is on social media, making sure that their content reflects their company, their business, but it's also engaging the audience is very important because otherwise why else are you on there? While a pharmacy, as you said, they they could fall into the trap of posting a lot of funny memes or cat videos and that would probably get a lot of engagement with the audience. It doesn't necessarily, well, it definitely doesn't showcase the pharmacy as a reputable and professional health service. However, at the other end of the spectrum, a pharmacy posting just strictly clinical medical health posts is extremely professional, but it might not engage the audience. So how can pharmacies achieve the all-important balance on social media between showcasing what they do best for their community and their patients, but also engaging the audience? Where do you find the balance?
0: firstly before you start determining what you're going to post is actually understanding your audience so there is the broad audience of social media anyone that has a social media profile however they're more than likely not always going to be shopping at your pharmacy they could be over overseas over east like you know 45 minute drive from you so you need to understand that your social media is designed for your target audience so the people most likely to shop at your pharmacy within the um, next one to three months. So that's the first step to figuring out what to post. And when I say understanding your audience, you need to identify what their needs and wants are, what they find of value and what would attract them to engage on your social media. And then that is where once you've understand who your audience is, it's creating content pillars with a balance of different content that is going to relate to them which also um, translates to your brand identity and your patient experience. So I'm going to pick on a case study of a pharmacy I've worked with in the past. So they had social media. They had a few few thousand followers. However, they weren't structured in who they were marketing to. They were just being very generic, saying we're a community pharmacy. So we dug deep into the analytics and determined who was their audience, and it skewed very much to female and parents so we decided to go on the strategy path of utilizing social media to showcase the baby health side of their pharmacy and so we created content that was related to the pharmacy but most importantly related to their audience so we were if we were posting a meme it was about having you know a difficulty with those late night feeds and then how those um, pharmacies come into play with that it's about lactation advice you know different types of bottles that would help for babies if they're having trouble with feeding or colic and things like that so the beauty of social media is building relationships with these people and the content is the way that you connect your brand and them so really understanding who they are and what you can do as a pharmacy and then yeah once you understand that the content creation becomes a lot more simplified
1: In that case, that example that you gave, their social media at the start was quite broad and then you took it down niche once you understood the audience a little bit better. How true is it in social media that if you are trying to be everything to everyone, you end up being nothing to no one?
0: It's so, so, so true. I cannot stress enough how important it is to understand what people are seeing of value When it comes to your pharmacy, I always say that you're better off having quality over quantity. You want to find the people that are going to engage with your products and services and are actually going to um, come into your store and purchase with you. It's also about retaining patient loyalty as well. So using social media to create reasons for people to come back to you time and time again, especially in the current climate um, in this new financial year, really thinking of strategies of getting people to visit your pharmacy more often than just scripts is so powerful. So yeah, definitely don't spread yourself too thin. I'm. I sometimes when I first work with the, the clients, they come in and they say Joe down the road is doing all this stuff on Facebook, but when I look at the data of who their customer profile is and what they would see of more value. I'm like, perhaps we should be focusing more on Instagram and email marketing. So yeah, you, it's better to be just strategic, looking at the data where you've already seen results and seeing how to elevate it.
1: So in the world of instant gratification, a lot of businesses might fall into the trap of thinking, well, if we changed our social media, we got more niche, we focused on the audience, engaging content, Next week, it's all going to be different and it's going to be amazing. In that example that you gave earlier on, where that pharmacy focused in on parents and mostly skewing to females, sort of ballpark, how long was it until they saw a real change and, and starting started to get good engagement with their social media?
0: Amazing question, because that is something that I have to condition my clients on, <laughs> because everything it's a long game not a short game we're looking for you know this is something that you've got to consistently do one post is not going to change the world uh, it's ever the the, the step of it takes 10 touch points for someone to recognize your brand so i would say ball path is looking if you put in the effort now you'll begin to see some results in um your numbers between the next six to twelve months and you have to be constantly working at it Uh, Rule of thumb for me, um, if I'm just picking on Facebook and Instagram, which is generally the channels that most pharmacies edge towards, uh, you're having to consistently post at least three to four times a week. And so, yeah, it's a long game, but it's also so rewarding. It's the labor of the, um, that's where the cost comes, but then also it can be quite cost effective because it is just social media and utilizing what you're doing in store already.
1: Listening to you speak there, it sounds a little bit like gardening. I would love to be able to go and out into the garden and throw some seeds in and, and water them and then go inside and have a coffee and come back tomorrow morning and there's amazing tomatoes and beautiful, juicy, flavoursome tomatoes. But we all know that it it takes a lot of work. You've got to cultivate the, the, the ground. You've got to water it. You've got to talk to the plants and then you get the reward. So social media, as you were talking, sort of sounded to me like it might be a little bit like gardening
0: yes yeah and but once you do see those tomatoes or whatever pop up you just you feel so like it's such a like fulfilling and so rewarding but also just it's once you get a system in place and you get that machine working it will begin to start working for you you just need to be consistent with it consistency breeds activity in my eyes so um yeah definitely a slow burn but something that is very very um can create good results
1: Focusing in back on the customers, your audience, visiting a pharmacy can be uncomfortable for some of those people. Sometimes it's an environment that feels really clinical to people and discussing your issues with a stranger can feel embarrassing. Is there a space for sort of storytelling or sort of mini case studies around what you've done with other patients that can be shared on social media? And is that a useful thing to do for those sorts of people?
0: Obviously, we always make sure we maintain patient confidentiality, but you can use storytelling to explain situations where someone's come in for a problem and you've provided a solution. Once again, social media is all about patient experience. So, have utilizing authentic storytelling and getting on and sharing the um, examples and educating as well, people are going to begin to you know, feel like they know your team. So, and definitely and this is another like sidebar to this question is you don't, if you are going to explore storytelling is making sure that you leverage your team that are actually going to be having the interaction and consultation with these patients so then that people begin to warm up to these people feel like they know them so when they actually make the, the leap to come into store they can go oh hey i'm going to go talk to sarah about social media like they feel like they know me i know i follow some really um amazing marketers online because that's my field and I feel like I could I'd probably stop them in the street and expect them to know my name even though they've never had a conversation with me and that is because I've just grown to know them understand them and see value in the relationship that we have even though it's one-sided at the moment
1: (laughs) I think I think that's an important point because I think everybody can relate to consuming content from some of their favorite creators. And that really builds a personal bond where it's one to many and it's not actually one to one. And then if they're people that are demonstrating their expertise, then that holds a special place in that person's mind. And that's a particularly great place to occupy if you're a pharmacist, right?
0: Yes. And also it's something that is just in within our industry, it's probably a new kind of um, strategy. I don't see many doing it yet, but I think it's just such an opportunity, especially because a lot of the pharmacies, their target audience is the community, the local community. So by building that local identity and using your leveraging your team um, to create content, to educate your, you know, your immediate catchment area, it just makes so much logical sense because they're the people that are most likely going to come and visit you in
1: the pharmacy. I want to pick up on that storytelling point that you made before because storytelling can be real or it can be made up. It could be nonfiction or it can be fiction. Should pharmacies be telling and sharing stories that are authentic or is it okay to make some up, make some fictional ones up? Because no one's going to know, right?
0: I am all about authenticity. Social media is about relationships. It's a two way communication. And if I was having a chat with my mate, I would want to have an authentic scenario or story. Once again, keeping in mind patient confidentiality, you just talk about a problem and solution. You don't talk about people she said, they said, whoever. So, yeah, definitely authentic. And it's just, once again, it's people are going to gravitate to your personality, your your quirks and, you know, things like that. So I definitely think authentic.
1: Focusing again back in on the audience because I think, like you said, it's a super important step to get right at the start. What about inclusivity and accessibility? Are there some strategies, pointers, advice, stories that you can tell around whether people should be ensuring that their social media Is actually representing diverse experiences and perspectives of their patients, or is it just important to just stay super laser focused?
0: One thing that I always advise my clients on is to leverage your team and their various experience. For example, if I just pick on our My Office Peak Strategies, there's myself and one other person that is a mother. We have a father. We also have um, immigrants, people that have come over to Australia. And started living here expats we've also got somebody that is doesn't have any children yet we have people that speak various different languages and so that's a way that you know show inclusivity we also um, have just our like different skill sets as well. So mine being marketing, um, John being in of accountant and being in pharmacy. Um, Priya, she's in pharmacy as well. But not only that, she lived overseas and um, did accounting in England. So there's all these different experiences and languages and that's kind of creates some different ways for people to connect with our brand it's not just the pharmacy it's the team behind it in fact I believe your team is your number one asset when it comes to marketing um, another thing is listening and engaging so seeing what people are connecting with and are liking and appreciating so then you're making sure that you're including that inclusivity and making sure that yeah you definitely are factoring everybody what they're wanting from you as a pharmacy. And also language and tone of voice. So, you know, for example, if somebody has sleep apnea, just being really um, sensitive and towards like that can be quite, you know, stressful thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to be wearing a sleep mask for the rest of my life. Like just the way that you deliver the content, you just have to be mindful of everyone's personal circumstance.
1: Patient feedback is something that is extremely important for the development and success of a business. It it has application across lots of different touch points of the business. But when it comes to feedback and testimonials for regulated healthcare services, there's plenty of rules in place about how that feedback can be used. What are some of the things that pharmacy owners need to think about when it comes to social media and, and getting feedback or sharing feedback that they've received and how can they use social media analytics to improve and and maybe gather and provide that feedback from patients and their audience?
0: So there's definitely a fine line and I always like to practice in the air of caution. I do not recommend that any pharmacies should be asking for social media reviews on their Facebook page. It's not encouraged. I just would not would not do it. If a negative review comes on, then you deal with it offline, you uh, ask them for their contact details and you remove it offline, but just so it's been acknowledged. Um, I would just yet yeah, not encourage any feedback. But feedback doesn't have to directly be reviews and testimonials. Social media is a communication. So if people are sending you uh, like messages and asking you questions about particular services that you have in store, what people are engaging with, what what is making people click through to your website and book a certain service? That info that is a way of feedback, and that is where you can internally look. Okay, everybody is wanting to learn more about weight management. Based, okay, this is we're going to take this and we're going to maybe explore some more weight management services in store. Maybe we'll start doing um, some blogs about it and so forth. Um, that is the way I would use it internally to. Improve how we can add value to our patients, rather than going, "Hey, everybody loves us." Sarah said, "I'm five stars."
1: I love that advice. Using it to to focus inwards and either keep doing what you're doing well, or or look for other ways to take that feedback and expand or or improve the things that you're doing. I think that's great advice. We just touched then on using testimonials, and we know that in using testimonials in advertising in a pharmacy setting, it's against the law, and and there might even be other laws and regulations or other things that pharmacies need to keep in mind before they post, before they use social media. We know that not every platform in marketing is perfect. Things come with risks. What are some potential risks and challenges that pharmacies might have to think about, might have to consider and keep in mind about posting and using social media?
0: something that i've touched on earlier is patient confidentiality never disclosing any information that is about your patients that's just like a big no-no um obviously as being a a health industry but just any anyway it's just nobody when someone comes to your pharmacy to purchase something or engage in a service or something clinical they you guys have that trust you're like in the top three professions so just nothing patient confidentiality however there is also just the dispensary, so no promotion of medications that's behind the dispensary, of course. And that also is in the supplement space. Being really, really cautious with that and what you can disclose. There's also disclaimers for sunscreen as well. So the biggest thing is going where you your suppliers, talking with them about the guidelines and how if you were wanting to explore any type of promotions, always um, going back to them to ensure that you're being compliant. But for me, I don't see social media purely as a um, selling mechanism for pharmacies. I actually think we, that's where you're going to get the least engagement. Um, you guys do an exceptional job with catalogs, which are very compliant. I say keep that machine running and use social media to build relationships and educate. So taking photos of your team members, talking about the process of a service, but rather than standing there with a product going, buy this sunscreen today for 10 bucks, it's better to show them the benefits and why they would come to you. That's also how you can stand out from your competitors as well as pushing your skill set and experience. So that is kind of my big ones when it comes to making sure you're compliant.
1: We all know that the digital world is constantly evolving. Sometimes it's hard to keep up. All of a sudden, threads have come out, and that's a thing now that we have to get our heads around. Uh, I think it was earlier on in the week, Elon Musk, uh, he's gone rogue and rebranded Twitter just purely as X. What are some of the trends or emerging features that you have seen and that you're keeping an eye on and, and that you believe have the most potential to help revolutionize how pharmacies engage with audiences and market their services?
0: So, definitely AI. So, chat PT for um, content ideas, never getting them to write what you're wanting to, taking you making notes down, um, your words, your education, but maybe asking how you could elevate it or turn it into a social media post. Also, asking it for content ideas, plugging in, saying, I'm a community pharmacy focusing on baby health. Can you please give me a content calendar for August? You're coming out and creating the ideas, but then you go and actually physically write out the posts and, you know, do the content, but you come and have some heading ideas. So that's really cool AI. There's also some graphic design parts coming out as well, which, you know, I just think for efficiencies, being in pharmacy, um, time is of the essence. You guys have got so much going on. So if you can look at something and like anything that can help your procedure for it to be more efficient is great. Um, I also think, yeah, video, like that is something that just constantly seems to be at front of mind for consumers. Is becoming shorter, faster. TikTok, I mean, if you're trying to tap into that younger generation, um, say, say your pharmacy is close to a university or on a university campus, like exploring different videos and ways for them to engage. So they're probably my two biggest ones that I'm onto at the moment. I also just like the biggest thing with all the trends and stuff going on is I just don't want anyone to jump on the bandwagon unless it is relevant to their target audience. So don't be investing and all your time looking into threads on Instagram if that's, you know, you're looking after an audience that are male over the age of 55. Maybe perhaps Facebook, that's definitely the channel that you should be, you know, spending your time on. Yeah, so definitely being strategic and understanding that, yes, there is some trends, but making sure that it's helpful to your audience.
1: Sarah, what about humour? We see a lot of businesses doing really well on social media with humour. It always gets a lot of engagement. Does it have a place for pharmacists on social media?
0: Oh, yes, If done in the appropriate manner. We always, once again, going back to that question of inclusivity and making sure that you're appropriate. Um, and just not being naughty with whatever you decide to post. I definitely think if if your pharmacy is happy-go-lucky, there's a bit of banter between your patients when you come in the store, then definitely humour can be a really cool way of getting people to notice your content. So, for example, um, if you were working with babies, talking about those late night hours or, you know, who's wearing what hat, how many tabs does a mum have open in her brain at one given time. So it's all those types of things that you can... But I, I always just want to make sure that if you are being funny and that's how it is in the pharmacy, then, yes, on social media. But if you create this whole different persona online to what is happening in within store, it just doesn't make any logical sense, any business sense, really. So, yeah, humour does play. I, I actually like a little bit of cheek, a little bit of spunk in people's poems um, because we're a pharmacist, they're a people business. You guys are dealing with their health. It's, sometimes it can be really embarrassing or overwhelming and daunting going and seeing something, someone about something that you haven't dealt with before and having that humour behind it can help and that human element as
1: well. Excellent. Great advice. As we heard in the beginning, you've worked with lots of pharmacies to help improve their social media. I love that example that you gave earlier on in the show about working to really focus in on an audience. Do you have any other success stories of pharmacies who perhaps previously weren't doing so hot on social media, but you've since helped them and and made some adaptions and they've had some big improvements and some success?
0: Yes, one that has only just happened. I was looking at their data the other day. Um, I've been working with them um, on consulting as a part of our marketing course. And they're actually a very profitable pharmacy. They do really well with community engagement. However, their digital footprint was quite minimal. And based on their audience data, there was an opportunity for them to explore social media and email marketing. And so we really honed in on um, a channel and created a content calendar and some consistency for them. And within the first three months, they had the key services that we were focusing on. We had 30% growth in bookings. So that's really cool. So that's a tangible result where we had a goal, okay, we want to increase service bookings and we're going to promote it through a digital channel and that was social media. And then so we did that and as a result, we saw something at at the storefront, which is amazing.
1: That's excellent success for them. I'm curious about whether they spent any money on the social media. So creating social media content and and getting it out there and email content and getting it out there and blogs on your website – those sorts of things. They don't cost money, but they do cost time in terms of resources. Was any budget put in there to help promote that or did they get that success purely just by creating content for a particular audience and engaging with them?
0: Yes, there was some spend in terms of creating time for the assigned person within the pharmacy to carve out time each week to create content. We also got them set up on... Canva, which is graphic design tool, which is, guys, that's just like amazing. If anybody can use it, it's really quite an easy to learn tool to help create graphics for social media. And we also explored um, some scheduling software as well outside of Facebook and Instagram just to make the scheduling a little bit more seamless. Um, In terms of the content existing at the moment, we were quite lucky in the fact that they had a Facebook page that had lots of likes, but they just had been stale for a few years. Uh, Like five or six years ago, people were really big on just liking a lot of pages. Now it's a a bit harder (laughs) to get them to, but so we kind of had like a foundation. And then because of those couple of thousand people that were already on there, we started creating organic content for the first time. So organic is non-paid. So we didn't boost it or um, pay for it to be seen in anybody's feed. It was purely based on the people that were already following. And as a result, we got that 30% growth. And that was because, yeah, we just started consistently posting. So yes, there was a cost. Um, social media camp, you know, there's one thing that I've seen that with owners and managers is doing it after I've done a full day in dispensary late at night, scheduling out some posts. No, I would say carve it out as a part of somebody's roles and responsibilities every week, at least a couple of hours a week working
1: on it. Sarah, a great chat. It's been full of lots of great advice, hints, tips, and examples. If people have liked what they've heard from you today and they want to continue the conversation, what can they do? Where can they go?
0: They can head to our website, peakstrategies, P-E-A-K, strategies, strategies, plural, au. Also find me on LinkedIn, Sarah Rendell, -L L. And yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Excellent.
1: (laughs) Sarah Rendell, Head of Marketing and Communications at Peak Strategies. It's been an absolute pleasure, a great chat. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing your advice, insights and experiences around social media for pharmacies. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. I had such a good time.
1: It's clear that simply having a Facebook page for your pharmacy and posting whatever you feel like just won't cut it. It's all about creating a patient pharmacy relationship that resonates in the hearts of your community and that accurately represents what makes your pharmacy special. Thanks to Sarah, we've gained some great insights into the world of social media and pharmacy, and we hope you will have found this episode helpful in navigating your own social media journey. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to episode 128 of the PVCN podcast
0: the PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.